Hey, it's Bill Simmons. We're not just reacting to the NBA playoffs on my podcast. We're also doing it on the Ringer NBA show and the Mismatch podcast. They are coming after some of these NBA playoff games. Check it out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even the speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. It is the Ringer Gambling Show, East Coast Biased Edition, of course. So getting you ready for Game 4, the NBA Finals. Raheem Palmer is with us. Joe House in the house, no pun intended. And fellas, I told you guys I really like the Celtics. The problem is all of our player props went right down the toilet. So on that note, how the hell are you? What's going on? Look, life is good. Yeah, we have nothing to complain about. Like, really... The way we set up that card for for game three, I don't think that, that we did anything wrong. The process was right. The outcome was wrong. That's that's my take. Raheem, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, look, I had no idea that Robert Williams was going to fly to Germany in two days and get the Kobe procedure done on his knee or his leg or whatever and come back looking like a brand new guy. But we like the Celtics, and they got it done just the way we thought they would. So I'm not mad. <laughs> and Raheem, so we're in a group chat, which is tremendous theater and is worth the price of admission. If you're not in it, too bad you're missing out. I'm watching this game. I'm on pins and needles after that ridiculous call, and all of a sudden all the momentum in the world is on the side of the Golden State Warriors. And you know when I knew the Celtics were in great shape in this game? Raheem, you just put it in the air. You're like, I'm nervous. All of a sudden, these matchups are not going the way I'm seeing them going. And I didn't chime in. I didn't say a word. I waited for the Celtics to go on their little run late in the third quarter and throughout the fourth quarter. And I was like, buddy, don't worry. They got you covered, man. You put that negative juju in the air. I don't know if it was a reverse jinx. I don't know if you were looking to the gods for some answers. But they were delivered to you, my friend. Look, I mean, I'm not a big reverse jinx guy, but that drop coverage. I mean, like, it was about four or five possessions in a row where they just were dropping on the greatest shooter of all time and just letting Steph Curry shoot indiscriminately. And then, of course, I mean, look, the Boston Celtics, they are the better team in this series, so they settled down 
And then Steph Curry came out with about two minutes to go in the third quarter. They made their run and it was over from there. But I got a little scared. I'm not going to lie to you. I did think it was just a little blip, but playing drop coverage is, is tough. I mean, of course, Robert Williams was able to make a couple plays on the drop coverage because he's able to recover. But Horford, I mean, look, I mean, the, the seven-point play, and then after the seven-point play, it just felt like he didn't want to step up in coverage. So, But, you know, I was talking to Seth Part now, and I, I thought it was an interesting thing. And one of the things that we kind of came to the conclusion on is that even though the Celtics are playing this drop coverage, they're kind of winning that battle with their bigs because they had nearly a 40% offensive rebound rate. So even though they're dropping in coverage with their bigs and their pick and roll coverages, they're still dominating on the rebounds. I mean, look, they still have 52 points in the paint. They, I mean, look, they had so many offensive rebounds. It just, I think they, they made out well. So that, so that's the trade-off that they're willing to make, right? Right, Raheem. And, and, you know, the, the, the key point, the, the, the fulcrum player to this whole thing, we thought it might be Marcus Smart because going into game three, what we talked ourselves into was a game script where the Celtics greatly reduced their turnovers. And we thought that Marcus Smart might be an important player in that respect. And we waffled. In fact, I think we put into the, to, into the family parlay, the Robert Williams contribution. Yeah, we went under with the rebounds. That's because, right. That was the Raheem special. Yeah, well, just because we um, couldn't get ourselves certain at the time that we taped the show about what kind of physical contribution. Like, you, we watched him on the floor in game two with yet another, you know, banged up sort of knee thing. And to Raheem's point, Robert Williams became the most important player to, to me in game three. And I believe he is Equally important, if not more important, to game four. He was spry. He was active. Steph Curry, in his press conference afterwards, talked about how um, flexible Williams is and how, you know, there are moments where Steph said, I'm all the way to the rim. And then all out of nowhere, Robert Williams is coming in. I can't see him. And if that's the version of Robert Williams that the Celts get, if he is able, to maintain that physical dimension between Wednesday night up to Friday night, then I like the Celts. I like Robert Williams props. I mean, that that defense, the dimension that he offers on the defense is so important. You just can't overstate it. And, you know, that's what sets up the entirety of the Celtics' success in the series to me. So, fellas, I gave Val Quay Thompson under game three. Couldn't have been more wrong. It was Clay Thompson's best game in the series. Here's what would scare the crap out of me if I have money on the Warriors or I'm looking to buy in on the Warriors down two to one in this series. Not only the point that I think Boston is a better team and a more complete team. Think about game three. They get a really good effort out of Curry. They get a really good effort out of Clay Thompson. And yet we're still talking about the Boston Celtics even with that blip in the third quarter, still going and winning by double digits. Like, I don't know if you guys are seeing this parallel. I don't know if it's going to end up playing out this way, but this is what I've seen the first three games. You remember LeBron James when he took on the San Antonio Spurs the second year when it looked like he had no help around him, when Dwayne Wade was a corpse, Bosh gave him nothing, Allen is a zillion years old, and the Spurs were just flat out better as a team. Won the series going away. LeBron going up against 
the Golden State Warriors, when he goes for 50 in game one, the J.R. Smith fiasco happens and they end up getting swept in the series. Like, sure, Steph is the best player in the series, and he has brought his A game, but now he's dealing with that ankle. Clay, I don't know if he's going to be as good as he was in game three. And the Celtics, guys, they got too many different ways to be right about now. That's what scared the crap out of me. I'm a Warrior fan, or I bet the Warriors, I am not feeling good. Oh, it's absolutely terrifying. I mean, when you look at Steph Curry, he's averaging 31 points per game in the series. He's shooting 49% from three. But when you look deeper into his numbers, look, every time he starts an action in a pick and roll, the Warriors get a good shot. They're scoring 1.4 points per possession when Curry is the ball handler and Otto Porter is the screener. 1.6 1.6 when Curry is the ball handler and Draymond is the screener. And 1.7 when Curry is the ball handler and Wiggins is, is the screener. That's encouraging. But then when you look at the, the Warriors in the half court, in game three, they just scored 94 points per 100 possessions in the half court. In game one, they scored 90 points per possession in the half court. So even with Curry's brilliance, they're still not an efficient half court offense. And I think Steve Kerr knows that. And look, you saw they played the two. They started off with the two big lineup. You start off with Draymond Green and, and Kavon Looney. However, they realized, Kurt realized they can't score with that lineup. So they go, they start to go small. And when you go small, they can't rebound. So it's just like you play big and you don't have spacing, or you play small and you get dominated inside and in the paint. So it's just like, it almost feels like the Warriors are kind of drawing dead unless Curry goes out there and puts up 40 or 50 points. And, and, and JJ, I like on Twitter when the people come at us and say, hey, fellas, you know, you you gave out all these sort of angles, these propositions, you, you had your, your player points of view. Maybe the right thing that for FanDuel is to give the opposite of the family parlay and boost that thing up. And look, I'm here for it. I, I appreciate it. But what I want to tell the good people, all our betting buddies out there, as you're listening and we're talking this through it's not like we're biting down hard with firm conviction because we don't know. We're taping this on Friday, on Thursday evening before Friday. Steph says he's going to play. I believe that Steph is going to play. Mm-hmm. But until we lay eyes on him out there moving and seeing what he looks like, it's not really that easy to forecast how this is going to go down. Oh, especially that- how when we're talking about player props, which are a crapshoot yeah. and a roll yeah. of the dice to begin with. That's they're right. super tough. They're not we, easy to we hit We tell on. everybody how they're going to go wrong. We, we, but we you, do you the good people a solid. If you listen to the Game 3 podcast, we did give out a gem. And what was the gem? We said that when the Celtics win, it's normally, it comes in a game in which Jason Tatum has five or more assists. I gave this out on the Game 3 podcast. When Jason Tatum has five or more assists, the Celtics are 13-2. and two. When he has four or less assists, the Celtics are 1-5. and five. So, like I said before, you could parlay pretty much Tatum's assists over with a Celtics win because those are correlated like situations. So, I think we're seeing the same thing for Game 4. All right, and fellas. I was... Yeah, well, look, JJ, I wanted to talk about that correlated point that, that Raheem yeah. made, which is this. It's the rebounds. If the if the Boston Celtics rebound the ball and don't turn the ball over, then they control the pace. Raheem's point about how inefficient Golden State is in the half-court offense, that's because 
they prefer to score in transition, and they can only score in transition off of turnovers or rebounds. And that's why Robert Williams is so important, and that's why, J.J., as you set this thing up, I'm just tantalizing everybody. I'm titillating. There's going to be some Robert Williams action out of the house corner tonight, J.J. Okay, Mr. House. Now, the spread for game four. Warriors, a four-point dog. Money line, the Celtics, you got to lay 168. And the over-under for this game is at 214. Uh, I'm going to start the proceedings. I have no feel for the total. I have not had a good feel in any of these games with the total. So it has not worked out well for me. The sides, for the most part, have. And I'm going right back to the well with the Celtics. I, I think they're just flat out better. That's what this boils down to. And I get Curry on a gimpy ankle. He's only got basically, what, 24 to 48 hours to get that bad boy right, to get it to where it needs to be. And I think the Warriors, and we didn't even bring this up, fellas, the belly aching after that game about the boss. I cannot believe the New Yorker in me right now is about to defend the Boston crowd. But the same Draymond Green, who is flipping off the fans in Memphis, now I got to hear Carr and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green Oh, they cheated F you with me. Shut up. Honestly, the fact that I am hearing that right now, that tells me everything I need to know about the Warriors. I think they're spooked going into this game, and I think the Celtics are feeding off of it. They're better. They're feeding off the crowd. I love them every which way. I'm playing a money line. I'm playing them spread. I can't get enough of the Celtics in this game, fellas. I'm going to also, uh, I, I'm shy about the total now, having watched. I mean, I, I basically forecast how we were going to lose the total wager. Uh, and I said, I was looking at You basically three. talked it into existence. So thank you for that. I, I mean, appreciate that. So I, I think the right way to proceed is to lay off of the total. I, I agree. Mean, we're out. It was, we're out it on was, the total. We're out. It was the, the, the over. I, 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 I have some thoughts on the total, actually. Well, let, let, this is why I wanted to ask. So that's good. Let, let, let's hear it. Okay, look, when you look at this series, what do you have? You have a slow pace series. You In game one, you had 93 possessions. In game two, you had 98 possessions. In game three, you had 92.5 possessions. So what you're seeing is that you're seeing efficient offense despite a slow pace series. And I think you we had game we had game two go under. But and that was the fastest pace game in the series. Now you look at game three, it went over by just one basket. And like for most of the game, uh, you saw that game trading at about 230, 225 in the live markets. I personally think this is an underhand because we saw in game three, Steve Kerr decided to go small and take the two bigs off the court because he felt like they couldn't score enough. But at the same time, with them not being able to score, they couldn't even get in any stops when they went small. So I think Steve Kerr is going to have to go back to that big lineup. I think you're going to have to see Looney play a little bit more. I think you're going to have to see a tougher, more physical game. So I'm leaning under here. And I think when you look at the betting markets, this line opened up at 215. And we've already seen some movement down to 213 and a half. There's 214 and a half. There's 214s. So I'm looking under here just because, I mean, we saw how quick the pace was in that, that first half of game three. And then when you look, look, the pace in the first half of game three was 100. It dropped down to about 89 in the second half. So I, I just think as this series goes on, you still got the top two defensive teams in the league. So I'm not expecting a ton of points, to be honest. 
And part of that underplay would be based on the idea that Steph is not at 100%. Like, if you believe that Steph is not going to be fully functional, then that that underplay also, I think, is the right lean. Um, But I I don't... Having lost on it, uh, the other by the way that I imagined it playing out. I mean, I said one thirteen to one hundred was going to be the way they lost. It was one sixteen to one hundred. You, you know, the unfortunate thing is that I mean, obviously, we recorded this podcast the day before, but there was some sharp money which hit on the over right before game time. And obviously, we can't announce that because we recorded the podcast the day before. But I mean, the sharps hit that over like last minute so uh, we couldn't get an update and i apologize for that maybe i should announce something on twitter but i do think this is a, a under and i mean we're seeing the movement throughout the market already so you're big on the under um i don't love a ton of these player props but there's one that caught my eye and i mm-hmm. think i'm going back to this well mm-hmm. because it was good to me earlier in the series he's coming off in my opinion an off game in game number three i think my dude Derek white is going to be back in action, boys. I think Derek White is going to have three-point shot-making opportunities, and I've already identified over one-and-a-half threes. I think they're going to be there for him. I think he knocks home a few. I'm going to have to lay 136 on this bad boy, but I'm going right back to that Derek White train. I don't love it at the price. You don't I like, like the, the idea that I got to lay 136. I understand that. I, I like the script. I don't like the price because the version of Derek White that we got in game three to me is kind of like that most efficient version, which is he he caught the ball on the perimeter, looked at the three, and was like, wait a minute. I could take two dribbles, get into the middle, mm-hmm. and then have a floater. And he really does have a pretty efficient floater game um, that, that, that's that been a revelation in, in the last round into these games here in, in the finals, like the last couple of games against Miami, um, he, he, he showed a pretty comfortable kind of floater game. And so I just would be concerned in terms of a three point prop that he feels like, you know, it's just a comfort thing with him. He's going to get the opportunities, JJ. And I, I'm with you that he's going to have the opportunity to go ahead and, and take that look and, and, and figure out what he wants to do. I just don't love laying all that juice on it. That's all. Totally get that from a player prop standpoint. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. So, fellas, we got to put together an SGP. Uh, our side was accurate. Although, before, before we get to the SGP, House, I'm on the Celtics. Raheem is on the Celtics. When we were chatting in our little group chat yesterday, I thought you might become guns a-blazing maybe in a different direction 
on a uh, certain game four. But it seems like after maybe a night of sleep, maybe a, a cocktail or two, maybe a, a, a good night to unwind, you have kind of come on over. So well, well, what's it going to be, buddy? We are taping this at happy hour. And I, and I right. have, I have <laughs> definitely uh, prepared for the weekend already. I am on my way, JJ. Very but nice. Here, I'm here, jealous. Here's the thing. Very jealous. <laughs> I, I, um, there's no scenario under which I'm going to um, invest in Golden State without 100% certainty about the health of Steph Curry. And that and that's all. I mean, I, I moved off that position as soon as, you know, there was any kind of concern whatsoever with that ankle. I'm just off of it because there's just no there, there's no upside at all to jumping into Golden State. They, they're a, a, a one trick pony. Um, that trick is Steph Curry. And if he's not 100% mobile, if he can't drive, kick out, like he just does so much for them. He creates every opportunity for them. If he's dinged up at all, I'm, I'm off of it. I do still think that when they announce the referee crew for this, it's worth taking a look and seeing how those referees, because I believe that um, Boston um, returned the favor a little bit in game three in terms of some physical play the style of defense that they they like to play, they put hands on guys. If they if some of those hands become fouls, um, then that could be interesting. Of course, Draymond fouled out of Game Three. I don't think Draymond is going to foul out of Game Four. I, I I personally am am prepared for a big time Draymond bounce back game because Draymond can hear what's going on out on the streets and he does not like it. Um, and I think. Probably doesn't like me yelling about him too, but that's okay. (laughs) I like him in terms of rebounds and assists. I don't really care about him um, scoring wise because there's too much variance there. I mean, his shot looks terrible, but that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean he can't make a three and then have three putbacks. And all of a sudden he's got nine points. His, his point total prop is seven and a half points. Uh, But he, you know, he's, he's averaging 36 minutes a game. He's going to have, the minutes, and I think that um, he, he's going to be motivated. The area that I'm looking um, for him that I'm most interested in, and this is one where, again, you got to lay the juice, is rebounds. I see him, and it, it, the number is six and a half rebounds. It's minus 134. I also like his assists. There's five and a half assists is the number. That's minus 138. I like both of those areas for him because I think that we're going to see the super active version of him I don't think he's going to foul out. I think that, you know, especially if Curry's dinged up, they need Draymond to do some 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 playmaking, um, some penetrating and dishing. So I like him to being closer to the basket for rebounds and also initiating um, with those assists. We're keeping our SGP short and sweet. We're not getting cute. We're not going beyond four. Maybe we even cut it down to three. But Raheem, I'm in on Celtics. Parlaying that bad boy with the Tatum assists at five and a half. Celtics to win, Tatum five and a half. I know that's getting your blessing. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's definitely getting my blessing. I really like the Celtics in this game. I mean, our, we already spoke about the half-court offense for the Warriors and how they're struggling. And if the Celtics don't turn the ball over, to me, this is this is the spot. I mean, and look, a lot of people are going to look at this line and say it's creeped up. But as I said before, Outright winners in the NBA Finals are 44-2-2. That's almost 96%. So if you pick the winner of this game, they're going to cover the spread more often than not. So I do like the Celtics in this game. So for the SGP, Raheem, should we go four? Should we go money line? 
um, I think we should go four. I, I, like, I mean, we've seen the history of the NBA Finals, and then we've seen the history of the playoffs this year. Like, it's been blowout city. No, that's yeah. fair. You haven't had a whole lot of close games. That's totally true. That's totally true. If if we're in this mode, and maybe this is uh, you know a little bit of, of of a foolish way to proceed, it puts us way too correlated on that Celtics number. But if it's if we're doing Tatum on the five and a half assists, and we're doing Celtics, we're laying the four. I'm looking at that Robert Williams rebounds number. It's six and a half. It's even nearly even money. It's minus one ten for Williams. He had ten rebounds in, in 26 minutes, mm-hmm. and. I, you know, because it's Thursday night, we don't have perfect foresight into how is he, you know, the how is his time in the hyperbaric chamber last night and tonight going to go when he, when he comes out is the ice bath, you know, is he going to have the same lively legs? Cause Raheem, I mean, they were lively legs. They were, they were Germany legs. You, oh, you yeah. made the point at the top <laughs> of the pod. He was looking lively. He was spry. Oh yeah. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, it, it I'm very curious to see if he's going to have that same energy come Friday night. There's one thing I do want to mention. I mean, this is for anybody. There's going to be people who are listening to this podcast who like Golden State. So I think, look, if you like Golden State, you could almost parlay Tatum's under because, I mean, more often than not, if, if the Celtics don't, if Tatum doesn't get over five assists, they're going to lose that game. Um, one of the stats that I found interesting is that Tatum actually created 45% of the Celtics points in these NBA finals. So I want to ask you two guys a question. I mean, right now we're looking at Jason Tatum minus 110 to win MVP of the NBA finals. Um, Steph Curry is at plus 190. My personal favorite is Jalen Brown at plus 410. I mean, right now he's, to me, in my eyes, he's playing the best out of everybody not named Steph Curry. So where are you guys finding value on the most valuable player right now? Well, I mean, if we're just talking value, Jalen Brown would be the guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Marcus Smart can do enough now at this point to go and win the MVP award. I guess things can change in game four, game five and beyond. But you got to think it's one of those two big guys for Boston. And if Golden State's going to win, listen, the only shot that Golden State has of winning this series is Curry playing out of his freaking mind. It's as simple as that. So outside of Outside of Brown, House, I don't know about you. I don't see any value in anybody, quite frankly. I totally agree. I think it's worth going ahead and laying a little bit because it's a lot cheaper price than going ahead and playing the series price now. Boston's, what, minus 180 to win the series, something like that, minus 175. Why Why not play? If you, if you um, believe Boston's going to win, I think that the two ways to play MVP you could do you know, a sort of a medium bet on um, Jalen Brown and then something more significant on Tatum. One of those two guys is going to win the MVP. There really aren't any other contenders. I think we've now narrowed it down to a three-player field. It feels that way to me going into game four. And so if you've already got exposure to Golden State in some other manner, it might be cheaper to go ahead. You don't want to lay the 180 for Boston to win the series because you, you you missed out on on value there. Go ahead and play Tatum at minus 110, and then you have a full upside play with Brown where you could do the math and, and figure out you know, how, how to go ahead and capture the value that way. I think both of those plays are sound and, and cheaper than, than the Boston um, series price. Well, fellas, I'm not going to lie. I feel great about my Celtics in six bet, and I feel really good about my Celtics in five bet. Like To me... That's that's how this is playing out from a Boston perspective if they're winning this series. Because I, I I think if Golden State's script to win a series would be winning it at seven, uh, Curry putting on the Superman cape, having a moment, like that sort of deal, 
I, I don't like Golden State's not winning the next three games. I mean, not does anybody see a script where that happens? I see zero chance of that happening. Zero. It it feels unlikely, but we can't uh, factor in injuries and we can't factor in the the physical condition guys show up in. If if the version of Robert Williams that we see tomorrow night is like the the game two version where he could only play fourteen minutes because he got banged in the knee, then all all bets are off. And if if the Celtics start throwing the ball all over the ballpark and have, you know, uh, 10 turnovers in the first half, then you're looking at a, a game script that has, you know, Golden State sort of lined up to to do the things that they want to do. They're out running. They're, they're getting transition ba- buckets. You're worried about Clay because Clay found something in game three. Now Clay's making buckets in, in transition on those threes, those pull-up threes that he likes to do. So that would be the scenario where you 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 would have some some concern with um, that that Celtics angle, but I mean, we as we sort of line this thing up, I think are pretty unanimous that you know all things being equal, guys stay being relatively healthy, uncertainty around Steph. It's the Celtics, the lean. Where I think it's absolutely the right play to do the Tatum five and a half assists. What else can we put on this? Thing? Well, I was going to say your Robert Williams special over six and a half rebounds in. I, I personally support it, but let everybody listen to me say this out loud. If he shows up and he's moving side to side, but he let the, like he looks like you know he's got ankle weights on, I I can't uh, take responsibility. I I don't know how good his legs are. If he's in the ice bath right now, I'd like somebody to go ahead and send me a text from Celtics Nation and say, "Oh, don't worry, Robert Williams is going to be just fine." But I'm fine with it because the price is fair. It's minus one ten. For him, if he's healthy, if he plays the 26 to 28 minutes that um, bear out him having that kind of health and he's and he's spry, then I'm fine with it. I like that price for those rebounds. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I'm struggling with the process for this game is that I'm not quite sure about the rotations for, you know, both teams. I mean, really for the Warriors at this point, it's just like I'm not sure if Looney is going to play more minutes or they're going to go with the bigger lineup. And I think, you know, Basketball is kind of like a puzzle where all the pieces fit together. So I think right now I'm still trying to get an idea of what we see Kaminga because I think that's going to be huge as well. So I don't really have any personal props. So I'm going to roll with you guys for whatever um, you guys. No interest, by the way, in Draymond Green rebounds and assists at 12 and a half. That combo? Yeah, 12 and the a hell half. with the points. The hell with the points. Rebounds and assists, 12 and a half. What's the price for that? Minus 130. But if we throw it in the SGP, that would give us, that would be our four-legger. Oh, they're not letting us throw that in there. That's unfortunate. Oh. But See, I w- here's I, the I good could, news. I could have supported that. I would have mm-hmm. too. Um, if we go Tatum over five and a half assists, Robert Williams over six and a half rebounds, and then the Celtics laying the four, 425. That's a script that fits what each of us believes is the most likely outcome to this game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what you call a blessing right there. That is a blessing. (laughs) A family blessing. It is a united front going into a Friday night game. Celtics, we're not even playing with the money line. We'll take a minus four. Robert Williams over six and a half rebounds, and we'll try to keep that little script intact, Raheem, with the Celtics winning and Jason Tatum going over assists at five and a half. Boys, hopefully, for my wallet's sake, we are talking about the Celtics going up three to one, and I got two opportunities, either Celtics in five or Celtics in six, to to really cash out. So I 
I want this one on Friday night, boys. We got to bring this home, okay? You know, we, we really got to bring this home. I, I mean, look, I've, I've liked the Celtics. I honestly like the Celtics in five, but I couldn't take it because they were coming off that seven-game series. I thought the Celtics in six were probably the most likely. That was my pick. So hopefully we get to, we get to the window. I, I, the only thing I'll say, because we do like to say who's going to mess this up, my answer for this podcast, it's it's the ref crew. So let's wow. see what, yeah. what the end, let's see yeah. what the announcement is. Because yeah, I was so prepared to do a conspiracy theory going into Game Four, and I might still be there. We'll be on the Twitter machine. Let's see when they announce the refs, what that lineup looks like, how the sides sort of fare. But if we see some of these notorious uh, uh, villains out there then we might have to to recalibrate. But I I like I love where we're at. So be careful out there everybody. How's Raheem? Enjoy your weekends. Let's cash in a big way on Friday night and we will reconvene right before game 5 of the NBA Finals. I don't know when that's going to be. It might be Sunday, it might be Monday, but we're flexible. We'll figure it out and we'll let you know when. Fair enough, boys? We're we're podcast professionals, JJ. Of course we can get this done. I expect nothing less. For Raheem Palmer and Joe House, great work by the legend Mike Wargon, as always. JJ signing off. East Coast Bias signing off. Cash him, baby. Enjoy game four.